Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Star Wars 7x7 episode 2916. Today is the official release date of Shadow of the Sith by Adam Christopher. You've been hearing from him over the past three days about Shadow of the Sith and its writing and also things that he thinks about in terms of Star Wars and life lessons. Well, now it's time to talk about the book itself. Here is our non-spoiler review. Punch it. <laughs> Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy and thank you so much for joining me for it. So we will start off as we do with most book reviews with the publisher's summary which goes like this. The Empire is dead nearly two decades on from the Battle of Endor. The tattered remains, excuse me, of Palpatine's forces have fled to the farthest reaches of the galaxy. But for the heroes of the New Republic, danger and loss are ever-present companions even in this newly forged era of peace. Jedi Master Luke Skywalker is haunted by visions of the dark side for telling an ominous secret growing somewhere in the depths of space on a dead world called Exegol. Yeah, that's kind of familiar, isn't it? The disturbance in the Force is undeniable and Luke's worst fears are confirmed when his old friend Lando Calrissian comes to him with reports of a new Sith menace. After his daughter was stolen from his arms, Lando searched the stars for any trace of his lost child, but every new rumor only led to dead ends and fading hopes until he crossed paths with Ochi of Bastoon, a Sith assassin tasked with kidnapping a young girl. Ochi's true motives remain shrouded to Luke and Lando, for on a junkyard moon, a mysterious envoy of the Sith Eternal has bequeathed a sacred blade to the assassin, promising that it will give him answers to the questions that have haunted him ever Ever since the Empire fell. In exchange, he must complete a final mission, return to Exegol with the key to the Sith's glorious rebirth, the granddaughter of Darth Sidious himself, Rey. As Ochi hunts Rey and her parents to the edge of the galaxy, Luke and Lando race into the mystery of the Sith's lingering shadow and aid a young family running for their lives. So that's the first thing to share. The second thing has to do with the book's excerpts, and I'm not going to really talk about them this time around. We usually do on these episodes, but I gotta say, the excerpts have been more spoilery this time around, particularly the one that was first released back in March from StarWars.com. I mean, if you haven't caught up with the excerpts yet, I'll put them in the blog post for this show's episode, but you might well be advised to stay away from them if you don't want some major surprises revealed. I mean, it's three months after that Star Wars one came out, and I'm still just kind of shocked that they <laughs> had that one. Or I guess I should say that they didn't end the excerpt about, you know, five or six paragraphs before when they actually did. But that first one features Luke Skywalker, so I'll tell you that much. Then there's one on io9, which features our Sith enemy. There's one from, oh, it's IGN that has Lando overhearing about what Ochi's got going on. And there's one from USA Today, which features Ray's parents. 
And that brings me around to a third thing that I want to talk about with this review, which particularly relates to a conversation that I was having with the author, Adam Christopher, in the interviews that we posted over the weekend, particularly about the notion of knowing what's going to happen to the characters and finding suspense in that. So yes, we know that Ray's parents are going to die, and it's been publicly stated in other conversations, like in particular, Star Wars Celebration Anaheim was one of the places where they talked about the fact that, yes, Ray's parents, uh, their death is depicted in Shadow of the Sith. And so we know that it's going to happen, just like with, say, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, we knew that Obi-Wan and Vader would both survive the events of the series, but how do you maintain drama in situations where you know what the outcome is for characters? And the way you kind of do that is you step outside as a reader, as a viewer, you step outside of your knowledge of these timeline things so that way you can actually get the full enjoyment of the characters as they are experiencing the things that they are going through in the story and part of the way that happens is with a very talented storyteller like we had with Deborah Chow and the writing team for the Obi-Wan Kenobi series and like we have for Adam Christopher with Shadow of the Sith. And I will say for myself, that tends to be a bit of a challenge. I mean, I do find myself when I'm reading or watching Star Wars stories, and it's not even necessarily limited to Star Wars stuff. It is with other storytelling that I watch as well. I do find this analytical part of my brain clicking on to try to identify setups and try to anticipate where things are going before they happen when, you know, really it would be great if I could just sit back and let the story happen and be you know, surprised and really appreciate what's happening in the moment. And I did make an effort to do that a little bit more so, especially considering all the things that have been spoiled out there from the novel. So it was like, okay, I know where a lot of this is going, so I can kind of sit back and enjoy what's being presented to me. And it is really enjoyable. Alright, so let's move on to the fourth thing that I want to talk about with you, which is Ray's parents, Dathan and Miramir. Uh, Miramir? You know, <laughs> he said it so many times in the interview, and for some reason I can't hold the pronunciation in my head. Anyway, so Ray's parents, beautifully drawn, complete three-dimensional characters. You feel their fear, you feel their hope, you feel their desire to, you know, take care of themselves, to take care of their daughter. They become deeply compelling characters throughout this narrative. And when you get to the point where they are unfortunately meeting their destiny, it hurts. It really does. Adam Christopher talked about how he spent a lot of time trying to get that situation right. And oh man, it is just, it's awful and so excellently done. And for me, it made me wish that there had been more with them in The Rise of Skywalker. If Rey, for example, had been having dreams or additional flashbacks or anything like that, you know, it was just, it's so well done, the fact that it makes you want more and want to see what the live action realization of that would have been. Uh, yeah, I, I do wonder in terms of like deleted scenes, if there was more with Ray's parents and whether this was drawing from any of that, I did not ask that question. It felt like that one was kind of out of bounds necessarily. And as with a lot of these interviews, like the questions have to be submitted in advance and approved by all the powers that be. <laughs> so, you know, you kind to decide where you want to tread with your questions and where you don't want to and you know 
you get to a point where you're like, okay, I feel like that kind of question is just going to get shot down and you just want to grease the wheels in terms of getting the approvals and whatnot. So yeah, there were some areas that I just did not pursue in the interview in that regard. Suffice it to say, terrifically drawn characters, brilliant execution by Adam Christopher on it. I don't think we will get to see live action stuff with them anymore, but hey, from what we got in the novel, it is pretty darn solid and I'm grateful for it. The fifth thing I want to discuss with you is the odd couple pairing of Luke and Lando. I mean, yeah, very different characters for sure, and what a brilliant idea to have them paired together. Now, I grant you that that idea was kind of already posited <laughs> by The Rise of Skywalker anyway. We know that they had had adventures previously, and so you know this is the fulfillment of those adventures, and the execution of that is also really well done too. I mean, you get a really strong grasp of their friendship, but it is a different kind of friendship for sure. There's such different people with different personalities and different trajectories in their lives, and that would have been the case even without the tragedy that happens to Lando in losing his daughter. But you can tell the connection runs deep with them, and I feel like there are still as yet untold stories that we need to hear about. And who knows, maybe Lando will detail them for us at some point, or maybe somebody will detail them for us through Lando's eyes at some point with the Calrissian Chronicles or something like that. Oh, wouldn't that be fun? Until then, let's talk about the sixth thing, which has to do with our villains, Ochi of Bastoon, and also the mysterious Sith character, who is a lot less mysterious after you know, excerpts and Star Wars Celebration and after interviews like the one that we did a couple of days ago. So another thing that Adam Christopher does brilliantly is give his villains some, you know, for lack of a better word, humanity in the sense that you get more than just a two-dimensional villain who is like evil and that's all there is to it. No, there is motivation, there's depth, there's character, there's tragedy to their story arcs as well. And most people know very little about Ochi, though if you've been digging into the comics at all, you've gotten a little bit more about Ochi's background, so, you know, that's all well and good. But even if you haven't on there, you'll get enough about Ochi and his background to really understand his journey and why he's motivated to do the things that he's doing and why the way it ends for him is also kind of sad in its own right if you wanted to feel that pity for him, you know? And then as for our mysterious Sith character, and the reason why I'm being really careful is because if you had any idea how many times I've re-recorded myself saying mysterious Sith together, it's ridiculous. That particular character, it's really kind of amazing to see how tied with, of all stories, the Chuck Wendig Aftermath novels this one turns out to be. And then there's also the matter of Dark Legends by George Mann, which features a story, it's a life immortal, it's the last story in the book that you know, also plays on this whole situation too. Adam Christopher is drawing from so many different sources, and I'm sure that I've missed more than half of them, to be honest with you, but as you go through, if you are deeply invested in Star Wars lore, then you will find a treasure trove of stuff in there. I mean, you know, when I think about lore in terms of Star Wars, I'm immediately also drawn back to the Obi-Wan Kenobi series and how Pablo Hidalgo was listed as a lore master. I think that was the term in the credits. Well, he even had a comment recently on Twitter about how brilliantly he thought that Adam Christopher threads a needle in the storytelling of Shadow of the Sith. 
I mean, at this point, I almost feel like it's coming from one lore master to another for all intents and purposes. So let me wrap this up and say this novel, which takes place in 21 ABY, so Ray is six years old during the events of this novel, takes place, uh, I think that would make it seven years before the events of Bloodline, smack in the middle of the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy. It feels like a novel that is three years too late in the sense that I would have loved to have had this novel be part of the journey to the rise of Skywalker, similar to how the first Aftermath novel was part of the journey to The Force Awakens. I would say that that Aftermath novel was not really key to understanding anything that you saw in The Force Awakens. It was just kind of Easter eggy with the fact that, oh, you know, this Jakku thing is going to happen and there are going to be a bunch of ships <laughs> festering and breaking down on Jakku, right? But this particular novel, Shadow of the Sith, I mean, you will want to go back and watch The Rise of Skywalker having read this novel. I mean, it is just so well done, and for all of the things that you know are going to happen, because you just, you know, if you've seen Rise of Skywalker, you know it's going to happen, and you can take yourself out of that space as you read Shadow of the Sith, because it really is a fun, compelling ride. The switches in viewpoints from all the different characters involved are really well done, and it doesn't bog down the narrative at all. This book is just such a tremendous setup for The Rise of Skywalker, in addition to being a tremendous story in its own right, and I feel like it is required reading <laughs> prior to going back to that final story in the Skywalker saga. So there you go. That's the non-spoiler stuff about Shadow of the Sith by Adam Christopher, and we'll dig into some spoilery stuff in subsequent episodes here. But for now, that is going to do it for this episode of the podcast. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it as always, and may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, other respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.